In today's bonus episode, join us as real estate heavyweights have a chance to go some extra rounds into this week's topic. Hey everyone, I'm here with Wes Jones. Hi Wes. Hey, how's it going? Great. And he is in Bellevue, Washington, which is a suburb of Seattle, right? That is right. Excellent. And he's with Wes Jones and Associates at Keller Williams. And Wes, we were talking about under what conditions would you take an overpriced listing? Well, it's funny because, you know, you and I connected just because of a post that was going on. And I think lab code agents or another one of those forums, and I don't get super involved in those, but every now and then I just see a topic that's going, or maybe it was another one, but I see a topic that's going and I'll just, you know, put something down and people were discussing, should they take an overpriced listing or not? Right. And that's a super like heated debate you know between it got really heated for sure well these are my numbers and i sell in seven days and these are my requirements and there have certainly been times in my career where i have felt that way as well but i've been selling for real estate for 14 years and something that i have discovered is that you can't sell a listing if you don't take a listing that's so true. You are going to sell 0% of the listings that you do not take. And I think true. I stole that from, I don't know if it was Wayne Gretzky or some other sports person, right. or basketball, but I think that it remains true in real estate. Now, that doesn't mean that you should take absolutely everything. So I think back to your question, why would you take an overpriced listing? Well, again, it goes back to, well, if you can't sell it if you don't list, list it. Right. And me and my business, I do a lot of really straightforward sales, which in my market are going to sell between seven and 14 days. But for whatever weird reason, I've also run across a lot of specialty properties, a lot of unique properties. Like people come to me because they're like, hey, Wes, you really know how to market. And like, I've got something that's unique. And in their minds, they think cool. that you, they think unique means more expensive. Expensive, they do. When really it might mean less. <laughs> but if it's, this is what I'm saying, like, if it's a listing that you want, mm -hmm. so like maybe this is your geographic area. Mm. Maybe this is maybe this is an area that you want to be in. Then maybe you would consider taking an overpriced listing, or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's like one of the specialty properties that I have done. A couple of years back, I took a castle, a real life, oh. like honest to goodness castle that, so this guy, that this guy built and it was so cool and again going back to the uniqueness he thought unique meant more money right. I didn't think that it really did I, the best thing that I could kind of do was say okay well what's a luxury property going for in this area on the same amount of acreage and let's try to figure that out but what I did is I knew I knew that that listing was going to generate a tremendous amount of press yeah. And it eventually, it like legitimately did go viral. Like it went local, it went regional, it went national. It had international coverage. And that was uh, the Denning Castle. And I still have the website up. It's the Denning Castle. Uh, dot, dot com. Cool. And I knew that it was going to sell eventually and we were going to get enough press for him and for me and my team and what I'm doing. And it was, it was totally worth it. In the end, we got, I think what was a fair, I think we got a great deal for him. And I think it ended up being a fair deal for the buyers. And it probably ended up selling for about a hundred thousand dollars underneath what we originally listed it for. 
I, I guess mean, that uh, what about I, maybe the question for you is is when when what would cause you not to take a listing? That's a great question. It's I, and I think it comes down to the expectations and the relationship that you're going to have with that seller. Yeah. If it is somebody that I don't want to work with. Yeah. And it's somebody who is not reasonable. Uh-huh. I am not going to take that. If it is somebody that I like, if it's somebody that has reasonable expectations, mm-hmm. like here's the thing, like a lot of sellers, they just want to try. Right. Like, I want to try up here. I think I really got something special, whether mm-hmm. they do or do not. I want to try. I want to shoot for the moon. Mm-hmm. Maybe we end up landing with the star on the stars. And if you've got some clear cut expectations with that seller, I'm going to say, and if, and if it's a deal that you want right. value in it for you somehow, I'm going to say, go ahead and take it. Like, I'm not one of those guys, because I don't know, I do a terrible job converting buyers out of my own listings. So I'm not going to be that person that says, take it to get the buyers. Uh-huh. But if you can find a reason that this works for your business model, mm-hmm. that's why I'm going to say, yeah, consider, consider taking it. But make sure you have that, uh, that conversation with the seller and that your expectations are lining up with their expectations. Because right. if, if those expectations are out of whack and they're, you're not on the same page with that it's person. It's not going to work ever. Not work. Yeah. Nothing clear with them. Hey, I think that this is overpriced. This is what the data is saying. And I'm willing to work with you. But these are the conditions that I'm willing to work with you, you know, under this. Right. We are going to drop the price in two weeks or two months, or we're going to listen to the feedback and there's got to be some type of price adjustment or new strategy. Or, you know, if, if, if their expectations of you and your time are also very low. Right. You know, it, it might be, it might be something to consider. Yeah, I think you're right. It just really depends on the client. It depends on the situation, depends on house and like just taking a look at those variables and seeing what's going to be best for not only your business, but also the seller. Yeah. You know? It's not a one size fits all answer. It's like, do you want to work with this person? Can you find a way to make this work within a business model, your business model? Do you want that listing? And you know, can't, can, can, can you make that all fit? Right. And sometimes we don't really know what something is worth until we sell it. That's true. But we list it. It can be hard. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's easy, but sometimes it's hard for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. You bet. Thanks for having me. Bye. Hey, everyone. I'm here with Victoria Mack. Hi, Victoria. Hello. Hey, and she's with... Um, Berkshire Hathaway in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And we were talking about, should you take an overpriced listing? So what do you think, Victoria? I don't think you should. Or it's, that's funny, because I believe you shouldn't on, you know, of course, because it's like, what goes a listing that you can't sell? Right. Um, However, I would want my sign out in the yard to get the phone calls but what good of it is it to have a listing that nobody's seeing because it's overpriced right you know, that is a double-edged sword right yes. yes so what do you do because we've all made mistakes right like nobody's perfect so what do you do if you accidentally take one well I would definitely do the best that I can and use my skills to get 
to properly position the house, get the seller to, to at least see what it is. But I would go for the jugular and just go for that huge price reduction up front instead of doing little ones every few weeks because then the seller's going to say, well, you know, every time you call me, it's, you're always asking me to reduce my price. Right. right. You don't want, I don't want those type of conversations all the time. So I learned that from my broker that it's just better to, you know, what do you have to lose? And it's like, you just go, you just go straight for, for what you want, where you think the house should be positioned and just close your mouth, zip it and just say it firm. Yeah. See what they say. <laughs> and just see what they said. And then, um, and then it's, and my broker always says, don't say anything because the first one that speaks loses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an old sales tactic, yes. the golden yes. silence. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. All right. Well, thanks so much for your thoughts. I really appreciate you coming on. Hey everyone. I'm here with Jane Graham. Hi, Jane. Hi, how are you? Super. And um, Jane is in St. Cloud, Florida with Property Pros Real Estate. Um, Jane, I know we were talking about when or under what circumstances do you take an overpriced listing? What are your thoughts? I, I really, if it was the last house on the market available, that's probably when I might take it. Like um, ever available. Like, like ever. Like if, if it's the only house left on the market in my market and, you know, there's a housing shortage at that point, then maybe I would take it because, you know, we we put our reputations on the line when we take a listing and if I'm taking a listing that I know is the wrong price and I know it's not gonna sell then I, you know what am I saying I'll I'll do anything to take a listing and right I'm not you know we're not desperate and I you know I would love to sell your home but if I'm taking it at overpriced I'm not doing any of us any favors what if it's like, I mean, I understand your point if it's like grossly overpriced, right? But what if it's like 5%? In our market, even a 5% overpricing will leave your house sitting on the market for months. Really? I mean, it, we have, things move very quickly here. And if you're not priced right, you will sit forever. Um, I... I've seen a listing that's on our market right now and it it's literally overpriced by a few thousand dollars. That's and it. it's yep. And it's still, I mean, we can't, they can't get showing. I talked to the agent, no showings. You know, she said for the first few months, it was great, but it's been on the market for four and a half months now. That's crazy. I mean, what's your average price point there where a couple of thousand dollars would make a difference? Uh, right now about 275 is our average price point. Um, this, this one is a little over average. I mean, it's in the three in the low 300s, but still that still seems like the market would bear a house like that. We have a ginormous amount of new construction going on here, Mm. especially in that price point. And you're competing with builders who are willing to pay closing costs, you know, add all kinds of incentives. Oh, we'll give you all new appliances. Right. So if you're not priced it in certain spots, if you're not priced exactly right, 
you're going to sit forever and your clients are going to keep calling you going, why isn't our house sold? Right. And what then you, do, you I mean, we've all had accidentally taken an overpriced, oh. list, right? So yes. what do you, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? I, I go back. I, I did just have this and it wasn't overpriced the day we took it. And three days after we took the listing, seven houses in oh. the same, same community oh. came up for sale. Cheaper? Oh, it won a couple cheaper, a couple at the same price point. Um, one a lot more expensive, but bigger. And they're all on the same street. Wow. So, and I, I called my, my seller and I said, listen, we need to grossly discount right. the price. I was like, yeah. and he had, you know, he argued and argued and he didn't discount. And he ended up selling to <laughs> OfferPad. Is that like an iBuyer? Yes. It's just like Open Door. Wouldn't that be like a really reduced price? Oh, it was. But he backed himself into a corner because he was building a custom home. And he oh, no. stick to the point where we were at do or die. And he had no choice. And he took almost a $50,000 hit. Oh, wow. That had to hurt. And I was like, you know, if we had just, if you had reduced to what I said when we first discussed this, we would have been sold and closed by now. And now you wouldn't reduce. And now you're taking way less than what we could have sold for. Right. Because we're in a hurry and you either need a cash buyer or right. we're so, I mean, that's the balance, right? It's like you want to, you want to help yeah. people and you really want to sell it for what they want to sell it for, but the right. market will, the market dictates it. And so and it's like, yeah, that's exactly, you know, the market dictates everything to us. And people think that I, I see a lot of people who think that we're just making up prices. I wish we'd make them higher. Right. Cause I had, I. <laughs> I did a listing appointment and the guy says, well, how did you make that price up? Well, I didn't. I looked at all the comps in your area and he's like, oh, well, I thought our house would be much more expensive. And I was like, I wish your house, but there's five models, five models in a mile that are the same exact model home you have. Right. And they're cheaper than what you guys are offering. Yeah. So, you know, you know, as much as we love our clients and we would love to sell everybody's house for $500,000. Right. You know, it's just, we have to show, and you show them the comps and they will pick every little thing apart and say, well, my house has this. And right. I don't like that tile. And that kitchen is horrible. It's the same kitchen you have in white. Right. You know, it's like, but it's brown. Yes. <laughs> You I know, have purple tulips, not pink, and everybody likes purple. Right, and it's like, I'm sorry, your white kitchen is not worth $125,000 more than your neighbor's brown one. Oh, my gosh. You know, so, but, it, it, I mean, it happens, and we all do it on accident, and you can't, there's nothing to do except pray when you get there. <laughs> that's all you really can do, because once, you know, once you realize and I, I mean, you can have it priced where you think I'm within 10 cents of the perfect price. Right. 
and you go on the market on Monday and on Friday, three other realtors list in that and they're like, well, if she's selling it 350. I'm going to sell it 340. Right. Oh, well, I'm going to sell it 339, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, you would love, love, love to know that you're right every time. It's impossible. Nobody's right every time. Yeah, it's, you know? it's impossible. And it really depends on, we can't see the future. So it really, in a lot of people that live in neighborhoods where the houses are the same, it really depends on what the other neighbors do. And you don't exactly. Just, and yeah. I, I haven't, I had somebody say, well, how did you not see this coming? Well, how would uh, you? <laughs> <laughs> That's I actually have a magic eight ball app. So sometimes when buyers and sellers ask me really dumb questions, I say, should we ask the magic eight ball? And I try not to have a tone of like, right. <laughs> and then they find, they get it. They're like, oh, okay. Oh yes, totally. I mean, I, you know, and it's like, I said the one buyer, I said, well, you know, your neighbors better than I do. Did you not know that any of these six people were thinking about moving? Right. He was the HOA president. How did he not know that? Your neighbors. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it happens. That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Thanks. I appreciate having me. We hope you enjoyed diving deeper into this week's topic with our real estate heavyweights. If you're interested in becoming a featured heavyweight, please reach out through our toe-to-toe podcast Facebook page.